Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect... Chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. This is June the 24th. 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, hundreds of thousands ready to fight Israel. Hezbollah leader Nassan Asnarela on Friday warned Israel against attacking Lebanon or Syria, claiming that hundreds of thousands of Arabs and Muslim fighters would be ready to strike back. JPost.com Iranians chant death to Israel and display military force at Al-Quds rally. Ladies and gentlemen, the pictures clearly depict the burning of scarecrows that are decorated in American and Israeli flags. To put the cherry on top of this week... Israel strikes Syrian military near Gulan Heights. Israel launched strikes on Syrian military positions Saturday, close to the two countries' disputed border in the Golan Heights, according to the IDF. The action was in response to what the IDF said were more than 10 projectiles fired into Israel from inside Syria. The IDF described the projectile fire as errant, blaming it on internal fighting. Ladies and gentlemen, if the cup wasn't trembling, it is now. We've been having weather chaos break out here lately. Last week, there was one in Moscow. This week, there was violent thunderstorms that hit Germany. And two people were killed, one seriously injured. This is off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I find it rather interesting that here we're having a cold spell, but yet down in Phoenix, they're up to 122 degrees. You know, I do think that those of us that live in Mundus Novus, somebody set the course for this ship. But I got an itchy feeling it's heading straight for the dire straits. Why 
you're gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. Clinton, let's get you on here. And uh, how did your week fare? And uh, what have you been looking at this week? What's your appraisal of the week? Well, there's been a, a lot uh, going on uh, in my life personally this week as well. It seems like uh, uh, so many different things are happening, uh, not only on a, a biblical scale or on a large scale, but uh, you know we can start to see everything start to impact people on a, a small scale as well. Um, so I've been watching what's going on with the economy and see what's going on there and that you can't keep your eyes away from what's happening in the Middle East. Um, and what's developing between Israel and Hezbollah and Israel and Syria and Israel and Iran and Israel and everyone. Um, so it's, it's, it's just eye-opening and it's kind of awe-inspiring to watch it unfold and, and to see it. And, and uh, you know, it's just absolutely amazing. It's kind of like <clears throat> before the flood comes, everybody's out in their front yards putting out the sandbags and stuff like that. That's that's kind of what I get the feeling of. It's like you see the dark clouds in the distance, and everybody's ran out. All your neighbors have ran out and got sandbags, and they've begun to start sandbagging, even though it's not rained a single drop yet. That's what I get the feeling of. It's – well, what a good analogy because it's building. It's like you watch the neighbors – they sat there with their arms crossed looking at their sandbag wall, and they realized that's not built up enough. You watch them debate with their wife. They jump back in the truck and head back toward the hardware store to get more. What have you been looking at this week, and uh, what's your appraisal of the news cycle uh, this week, bud? Well, my appraisal of the news cycle is uh, – oh, boy – One of the, I guess, to point a lot of stuff that we've been telling people to keep their eyes out for, and it's intensifying on such a heavy stage that it is literally ridiculous here. And, I mean, what have I been working on? Good grief. Um, I think I'm probably going to have some quite shocking things to bring up here later in the program because, well, obviously we had worked on things for these last two programs, but that didn't negate from the fact that I've been once again doing what I do and, you know, doing the old crazy board behind me with the old strings and connecting dots that obviously nobody has seen. But unfortunately that crazy board is in my head, so it makes it even more entertaining. But I have definitely stumbled in the realm of some very uh, disturbing connected dots here that I'm double-checking all of it right now, and it's getting worse by the minute. So I guess I'll be talking about that when we get there. Well, that fits right into the analogy, too. As the wife nervously waits for her husband to get back from the hardware store with more sandbags, she's nervously waiting on that very first quite innocent drop. And it strikes her forearm. Her arm's already crossed and her hand's close. She nervously rubs it in like anointment oil, don't she? Come now, ladies and gentlemen, you know exactly what feeling I'm talking about. We all do. 
Clinton, get in the saddle. You're up first, bud. Yeah, thank you again. Um, you know, I mean, there's so much going on with uh, Israel and Hezbollah and Israel and Iran and Israel and Syria. Um, it, it's it's kind of getting it's kind of getting scary. Um, we have um, Israel has recently went to the UN. Um, I think it was yesterday, um, and, and said that they believe that Hezbollah has been using uh, undercover of, of environmentalists. But they have been basically coming up on their border and doing surveillance and bringing troops onto the Israeli border. Um, the you know Israel went to the UN saying, "Hey, you know Hezbollah is doing this," and uh, UN uh, responded back today uh, saying that, uh, "Well, our troops haven't seen anything. So since our troops haven't seen anything, it's not real." So you know we have the UN that's not going to support Israel in this. You know, even in, in this investigation, you know, we have Hezbollah that's saying that they are going to unleash, you know, millions of people or however long they want into Israel to destroy Israel. And we have Israel that says that the next war with Hezbollah will be complete force. They're going to use every weapon in their arsenal against Hezbollah. So this is coming to a head. The U.N. is not stepping in in any way. They're not looking to help in any way. You know, we have the United States who is getting a little too adventurous with their conduct towards Syria. Uh, we have, you know, the United States that, that recently shot down a fighter plane, um, a, a Syrian fighter plane. And, you know, it, it's, it's getting very, very um, temperamental between uh, what's going on with Syria, what's going on with the United States, uh, because the sheer fact is the United States should not be in Syria. And, and you know, Syria has put on these, uh, you know, de-escalation zones. And, you know, we, as you, as Americans, continue to go into these decentralized uh, zones or whatever they call them. The, the problem is, is we are not supposed to be inside of sovereign nation of Syria to begin with. So we're just escalating the conflict. And then now we have, you know, after Donald Trump's uh, visit to Saudi Arabia saying, hey, you know, you need to stand up against any Islamic terrorists or any issues with, um, you know, people in the Middle East, uh, Saudi Arabia, United Arabs, uh, you know, stand up against Qatar. And they gave them a list, you know, of unrealistic items that they have 10 days to fulfill. Otherwise, you know, there's going to be some action from Saudi Arabia into Qatar. Well, one of those we talked about before was the dismantling of Al Jazeera News Network. And it seems like this is the main focus of that, which doesn't make any sense unless you want to control the narrative. But we have that developing in that in this whole craziness that's that's happening in the Middle East. You know, when it comes from Israel standpoint, they are completely surrounded. We we see from uh, the, their conduct is they plan on taking the entire city of Jerusalem for themselves. Um, they are expanding settlements at a rate that they you know, haven't done in, in, a, in a very, very long time. And they plan on moving massive amounts of people from Western Jerusalem to Eastern Jerusalem to where the Temple Mount is. So we know what the, the I guess, the Israeli agenda is when it comes to moving forward. We also have po a possibility that, you know, it, this, this attack from Israel may not be, you know, Aaron, it may actually have happened, maybe testing their defenses or, or whatever it may be. But we know that Israel is going to have to do something in Syria because they're not going to allow Iranian troops to be that close. 
mean, they're not going to allow Russian troops to be that close either. Yes, they're trying to make friends with Russia, but no one really knows where Russia stands. You know, we know that they're allied with Iran. They're allied with Syria. They're allied with Turkey, which all three of those countries do not have Israel's backing whatsoever. They don't have their uh, will to survive. And in the opposite side of it, Iran has actually come out saying that they, they want to have Israel completely destroyed. So we can't necessarily, from that analogy, believe what Russia is saying, uh, that they may actually be in support of Israel or trying to help in that area just from their association. And then from the American front, we have all these allegations of Russian tampering with the elections. We have all these investigations ranging from Loretta Lynch is being investigated to Bernie Sanders is now being investigated. Um, I mean, it, it seems like this massive level of corruption that was present within the political system of the United States is, is going crazy. Um, it, it seems like it's starting to devour itself kind of in front of us. Now, you know, from, from the Republican standpoint, you know, this is draining the swamp. This is exactly what Donald Trump said he was going to do. He said, you know, he was going to remove all the bad eggs, you know, remove all the, the slime out of, you know, the political system. And we see that starting to happen. Now, the repercussions from this, we, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen if they start to remove people. If, if they go through and they even go after impeaching Donald Trump, we really don't know how that's going to handle because we have a criminal investigation into our, the president of the United States right now. If you listen to one news network, if you listen to the other news network, there is no investigation. It's never happened before. It doesn't exist. And, and uh, whoever says otherwise is lying. So, I mean, you can see the, the disinformation, the, the problem just all across the board of, of who to believe, who to accept, what, what truth to understand. And, and we see this being strategic. Um, I mean, you can watch one news network and they will just pump up the whole Comey investigation. And then you look at the other network and they're actually talking about Russia investigating, you know, Russia hacking elections, but they're not really, the stories aren't fitting together. So we don't know which narrative it is. And, and you can kind of see from a political spectrum why that is. I mean, we have the Republican Party has come out with a health care plan. They, they released it on Thursday and they created this. This is from the Senate. The House has already passed. So the Senate has to take that bill, ratify it, make it their own, pass it. And then the president signs it and it's law kind of thing. That's kind of what they plan on doing. Well, this one that the Senate put together, the, the Senate Republicans did it in private. They did not get any bipartisan support. They didn't get any kind of feedback. They just created this system and they unveiled it. And it's very close to passing. And we know from the previous healthcare plans that have come out, we know that Medicare and Medicaid are going to be hit drastically, you know, especially in this new one. Um, I believe it's, it's Medicaid, you know, the one that helps the um, disabled people basically. Uh, and we, and we know the elderly are going to be hurt from the other. But it's something, just something absolutely outrageous. It, it was like $850 billion are going to be cut from Medicaid. And then there's possible cuts on top of that. What, 
it doesn't make sense is we can say that Obamacare is failing. We can say that the healthcare system can't sustain itself. But this is going to impact jobs. This is going to impact a lot of hospitals. Part of this was the Medicaid expansion, which allows a lot of rural areas to be able to get funding to provide you know, healthcare for people that may not be able to afford it otherwise. This is rural areas. This is small towns. These small towns, one of the largest employers in these towns is the hospital. And the hospital is surviving during these harsh economic times because of the expansion. If you remove the expansion, those hospitals close up. All those nurses, all those doctors, all the support staff, everyone that works there, they're done. They got to find another job. And in small towns, those don't come around very often let alone the people that then have to drive hours to go to a new hospital. It's, it, it, it kind of makes you wonder what kind of system we're putting in place. And, and we can see that it's all based off, if you are you know, relatively healthy and in good working age and you make a decent income, you're going to be fine. There's nothing that's going to really change for you. It's those that don't have any income that are a little older or have pre-existing conditions, they're, they're, they're going to be stuck in a very difficult situation to figure out how do they afford their medication? How do they afford their physical therapy? How do they afford whatever it may be that they're going to go through? So it'll be interesting if this truly does pass and it truly goes into law because we may be witnessing a major, major transformation in our healthcare system. And you know, I, I'm not saying that we need to have health care for everyone for free. I'm not saying that, but I do say that, you know, part of, of being a, a Christian, I believe, is that you should look out for those that, that don't have anything, those that can't provide for themselves and, and speak for those that cannot speak. Well, this is directly impacting those people. This is directly impacting the people that have no voice, that have no money, that have no power. They, they, they're losing everything. You combine that with the, the increase of housing and increased homeless population, we can see that the system that's being put in place is not to cater to people actually working for a living or cater to people that have lack of opportunities based on either how they were born or where they were born or who they were born or what color they were born. You know, that, that's the system that we have that's transforming everything. And the only thing that we continue seeing is we continue hearing about this universal income and how wonderful it is and how it takes stress away and how everyone should have this universal income. And, and that just, that is kind of leading towards where our economy is headed. We, we've seen from numerous people that um, this, this, the whole notion of computerization automation uh, the expansion of technology in the workforce on how jobs are going to be removed. Just point blank, you're not going to be needed. I mean, McDonald's came out the other day and said they're replacing, you know, uh, a couple thousand cashiers or people that work at in the front counter of, of McDonald's with kiosks. We know Carl's Jr. has already done this. So the whole plan is to create automation to decrease jobs 
and to make our lives more dependent. I mean, there was a, a concept car that, that I saw the other day, and it was unbelievable. And, and what it was is you basically, it's like a doctor. You call this, this company up. They send this mobile doctor to you. It's like a little cab. You stand in it. It scans you. You point out where it hurts. They go off of your readings, and they see exactly what may be wrong with you. They dispense the medication. You can call a doctor right there from the thing. And then you step out of the machine, step out of the cab, and it drives off to its next appointment. This is no longer science fiction. This is the kind of stuff that, that they're dreaming up. This is the kind of stuff that they're thinking. And if you can make doctors obsolete, then where do the rest of us stand? I mean, that's a profession that, that you would think would be around for, well, forever. It's always been around. And it's looking to be replaced. So from an economic standpoint, we are going to be in a transformation that the world has never seen. And that fits into scripture very well. A time when no one knows what the truth is and no one can understand what direction is heading and everything changes. And we also become a very selfish and narcissistic society. And we can see narcissism is increasing drastically not only in the United States, but worldwide. People no longer care about people. People no longer strive to be good or godlike or Christ-like. It's all about, hey, can I get a hit on social media? Can I get you know, so many likes? Can I get found on YouTube? Can I do something outrageous to where someone sees me and, and realizes how special I am? We all fall into that. We all fall into that trap. And that's that's expanding. And, and you look at a lot of the younger generation coming up and they don't, they don't have a, a connection to fellow humans that, that those of us that were around before the internet had. And even us, the ones before the internet, that, that tie is broken. Families are no longer as strong as they used to be. You know, we, we don't have any safety nets. People are, are separated. People are on their own, and people are looking to make themselves better, and that's it. And that leads to a society that doesn't move forward, but moves backwards. And we can see that from, from our nation as a, from an economic standpoint. Or not an economic, but an education standpoint. Just the, the level of education in the United States compared to the rest of the world. We, we should be number one. We are known for being number one, and, and there's no reason. I, I can see... You know, some countries that are very strong, you know, in certain areas, maybe being number one in a category here or there. But overall, we should have it, but we don't. And that is our, our breakdown. And, and part of it is because we have such a polarized society. I mean, right now we have a major debate happening over to make a wall between Mexico out of solar panels to generate electricity. Okay, so, so Donald Trump came out in Iowa, said this publicly, and he says it's his idea, he says it's a great idea, and he says that this is probably the idea. Well, okay, so we're going to make a wall to just stand there to make solar energy for the United States and then have, sell that to Mexico so they do it as well. Well, then you're still going to have to hire more guards to protect from vandals who want to steal the solar panels because then they can sell the silver that's in the solar panels. 
So you're just going to have to boost up security. So why build a wall if you're just going to have to protect the wall? That, that doesn't make any sense. You know, yes, you can make some solar energy out of it. And, but the other thing is you have a silver shortage is happening in the world economy right now. Anyhow, I mean, you wouldn't realize it from the price of silver because they basically trade it um, electronically. So the majority of people that buy silver buy it electronically. They don't buy the physical. Now, if they go through and they make this wall or they attempt to make this wall, they're going to have to buy physical silver which people aren't going to be happy to sell it for 16 bucks an ounce when it's in massive demand, when you can't buy it electronically, you have to buy the physical. And that's a strong possibility of what silver manipulator, um, you know, people that have believed that the market has been manipulated, believed what would happen is that the silver market would be broken and that the electronic transfer would be removed from the physical silver which would then cause the price to go through the roof. Well, yeah, if Donald Trump goes to build this wall, it's going to go through the roof. And that's, that's just going to happen. But it's a strong possibility. Well, why? Why should we build a wall in front of Mexico? I mean, yeah, there's people trying to get away, and I don't blame them. If, if you were going through the crisis that's going on in Mexico right now, I would want to leave as well. I, I came across an article, and this is from Vice News, and the title it says, Mexico on course to replace Syria as the world's most violent country. You know, it says, figures published Wednesday suggest Mexico is on course to overtake Syria as the most violent country in the world after murder rates soared thanks to increasing fighting among drunk cartels, corporate uh, corruption, and rising demand for opiates in the United States. In total, Mexico recorded 9,916 murders in the first five months of 2017. This is roughly a 30% increase over the same period last year. And uh, uh, reports say that in the states like Guerrero, just south of Mexico City, where the drug gangs fight for control of the heroin, heroin trade, morgues have been unable to handle the number of corpses. In 2016, uh, Mexico had recorded more than 23,000 homicides, putting them just behind Syria, which is on the list of the most violent countries. And it goes on in this article to basically say that the, the three main reasons that Mexico is, is basically falling into chaos is uh, the first one um, is balkanization. While governments are, are, have crowded, while the government has crowded about the capture of high-profile cartel kingpins, most notably the capture of Chapo this last year, uh, analysts say that this has led to the balkanization of organized crime in Mexico, leading to more intense fighting between rival gangs, all eager to fill the power vacuum left when a major player is captured. Much of the increase in violence is related to the fragmentation of organized crime groups. When leaders are taken out, groups tend to fragment or suffer from battles uh, for leadership. So basically take out the heads and everyone else below them gets more violent because they want to be the head. Uh, The second is uh, opium demand. Um, Mexico drug gangs are trying to meet increased demand for heroin in the United States, as well as cater to the rapid increase of opium use um, as developed to be a more labeled, the worst drug crisis in American history. 
And the third one is massive corruption. Last year, the IISS reported uh, attributes more of the blame for the increase in violence to uh, institutional weakness and pervasive corruption among government forces. The government has been criticized for its military-style approach to dealing with drug gangs, adopting a shoot-first approach, often with little consequences when innocent people are killed. So I'm, I'm not a, a fan of a wall. But the problem that's happening in Mexico, we, we can't ignore. And, and for the longest time, I've always said that if you boost Mexico's economy, then you take a lot of these issues out. Well, all these issues are based off of money, based off of drugs. But the fact of the matter is, is we have a country to the southern border that is getting as violent as Israel's northern country border. So the parallels between the United States and Israel are present. Syria, Hezbollah, Iran, Turkey, maybe looking at going into Israel. We know that Mexico may not want to, as a country, go into the United States, but who knows what these drug cartels are planning on doing. We already know that the extent of their operations eclipses our thoughts of their operations. The money that they have at their disposal, we, we can't even fathom what they can do. And they're already doing it to their own people. And it's, it's getting worse. And as the economic ties get worse and worse, then the violence increases increases. So, no, we don't need to build a wall, but we do have to watch our southern border because, unfortunately, we, we are going to have some issues that arise. You know, I, I, I was hoping that this would not be the case, but we see it happening. And we see similar things happening in Europe as well. We know that the, um, that the immigrant crisis, the migrant crisis going through Europe has been very devastating, not only from an economic standpoint, but from a social standpoint. We, we know that, you know, there, there's massive outcries, there's uh, protests, there's violence, even, you know, France is under martial law because of the influx of immigrants. Well, we have Germany that's saying that there's a major issue, not only getting people employed, um, but, you know, bringing them in. Uh, there's, you know, Germany came out and said uh, that basically the analysis of the article is that they um, originally when the first refugees were coming out of Syria and Iraq and Iran and everywhere else in the Middle East where people are fleeing, it was mostly like skilled workers, you know, like doctors and dentists and people that had, you know, something to contribute to, you know, the German society. Well, since that point, they have had lots of, unskilled workers. And they anticipate in, in the beginning with the influx of all these people from the Middle East coming in that it would increase their population. And there's been numerous studies that show that when you increase your population, the, your, your economic output goes up. So in turns, your economy goes up and then everything gets better. So that, that's kind of the, the theory behind it. Well, they allowed all of these migrants to come in from the Middle East that really have no westernized skill. So they aren't able to really contribute to society. And the German government and the German people haven't necessarily put money into investing into these people to, to give them skills. I mean, there's a, a small population that is getting allowed to, to come in and 
get you know intern jobs or apprentice jobs or um, you know the, the entry level support staff kind of jobs. Um, but that's that's a small small population, and there's 1.3 million migrants. And from what the article was saying is out of these 1.3 million migrants, uh, there was only 6,500 uh, that were enrolled in work training programs and only about 12,000 even applied, but they weren't ex- accepted. So 1.3 million people and 6,000 people are getting trained. You have a major crisis on your hands. You have a population that is not going to be able to find a job let alone contribute to society, but then you have to house them. You have to take care of them, which is what the United States is getting into as well with their homeless population. So you can see how economics is dictating everything, how it's, it's basically putting a strain on societies around the globe to where, unfortunately, civil unrest is starting to rise. You know, there's reports that, uh, you know, on Antifa's official website, they were talking about that they are endorsing violence. now. I mean, they've always been kind of more, uh, you know, more violent than they should be, but they're actually endorsing it. And that's, that's a slippery slope when we have domestic groups that are looking to do violence. We, we know that the, the alt-right is doing the same thing. So, so what direction does our country head? We are split. We have stuff happening in the intelligence industry and, and in the political spectrum that we can't even fathom. As a country, we have never seen the president of the United States under criminal investigation, or not under criminal investigation, depending on which news source you talk to. But we've never been in this situation before. We've never been in a situation where people within the CIA and the FBI are being investigated to this point and the possibility that a foreign government may have influenced our election and thrown our entire country into chaos. We are at a crossroads as Americans, and we we have to recognize that. We have to acknowledge that. We have to realize what we're truly witnessing. Yeah, we know times are going to get scary and they're going to get a lack of better term crazy. But what we see unfolding, I mean, that just, it's kind of unimaginable to really truly look at it and, and be, be able to witness this. You know, I, I always go back and it brings me comfort is, you know, every time I, I start to look at this and I start to, worry about what is going to happen, what's going to develop. I always think that the prophets of old, they longed to see this time. They wanted to be here. They wanted to see this, but they weren't. And they couldn't. But we can. And we do get to see it. So no matter how scary it may be or how crazy things may be, it's truly a privilege to be here. So I hope that got started, guys, but thank you very much. Well, Clint, let me uh, let me ask you this, buddy. Uh, you know, you made a pretty good reference to health care there. Ladies and gentlemen, you, you better figure it out real quick. You start running the numbers, 
ladies and gentlemen, you're going to find out the the healthcare business uh, probably more likely than not. If you're in a medium-sized town, that's where all the jobs come from. Now, if you're in a college town, it comes from the universities. But guess what? That's on the chopping block too. You didn't know that? I mean, I thought that Clinton, Brian, and I had made it clear over the past uh, at least month, if not two months, everything's being re-diverted to the war machine. The one article that Brian read from, that was straight from the government website, and the numbers were staggering. I mean, you're being forced to concentrate on the, the new death care bill. No, you need to go to that website and look where they're where they intend to take money from because it's also ag, which that's food stamps. <clears throat> Education. Look, I'm I'm not. You're being distracted by the death care bill, but you all need to take this to heart. Um. They're planning on massively whacking financial aid for poor students, and on top of that, if you go to get uh, help from the government, if you're going to go to an institution, you first have to apply for the draft. See, that's why when that news broke, me and Brian tried to sound the alarm that, hey, you don't want them being able to draft your daughters, but nobody cared. The time will come when you will care. You will. Oh, you will. Ladies and gentlemen, we've already stated in, especially last night, uh, that's what Jeremiah chapter 32 is really all about. Uh, you need to understand that this POTUS is different. Look, he is a land mogul. He is a real estate developer. I were a little bit nearsighted, and we couldn't really understand what Zechariah was talking about, what Daniel was talking about. But, Ladies and gentlemen, that's what you're going to do. Let me explain to you how this works. Let's say you come here to my hometown, and you develop some real estate. What does that mean? What does that mean? Do you know what that means? means you take an acre of land, divide it up into plots. The first thing you have to do is put in the waterworks. Okay? So you dig all, all the water lines in, all the sewer lines in. Then you call the electricity, and they come in and put their substations in. Then you have to pour the curbs. Then you divide the lots. That's all the technical crap. Let me tell you what really happens. Once you get them divided, you got to go down to the courthouse and create the deeds to be able to sell the property. That's exactly what POTUS has in mind for the promised land. That's what we got going on. Now, on top of that, you do not want a financier in the POTUS position you don't. Because then you have the right to pass laws that will make you money. 
You, you don't realize that, that this is where most of the local corruption comes from. Everybody knows this. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I've been so long in construction, it just wearies me. But look, you need to understand that if you live in Denver, Colorado, and you get mad because, well, this summer they're working on the roads again, you have no idea. Do you know how those construction companies got those contracts? Because they have to slip normally from ten to $20,000 underneath the table to each and every city council member. That's who gets the job contracts. Look, man, I don't know how many times I've been on the job site. The inspector showed up to inspect the trusses or whatever, and he's like, well, you know, either I can go to the truck and get my citation booklet out, or you can get your checkbook out. Well, I'm sorry about that. I'm just telling you the truth. That's, that's all I'm doing, just telling you the truth. So Clinton's hitting the nail right on the head in, in a lot of different facets that you don't realize. Now, me and my wife has been talking about this for a while. You need to watch for this. My wife said over a month ago that, Matthew, you, you know you can get food delivered? I was like, yeah. She was, you need to realize there's only real, really two competitors now, Walmart and Amazon. Of course, I don't know what she's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, I don't have no Amazon account. I mean, just here last night, I, I think, or the night before, Brian gets frustrated at me because he's like, oh, you've got, you've got an Amazon thing? You can watch these documentaries? No. No, I don't know how to do Amazon thing, but yeah, Rachel does. No, I don't have an eBay account. I don't. I know I give my wife a list. You know, I need uh, you know this yada 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 yada, and she goes and looks it up, and then she tells me it's going to be delivered in a couple of days. I don't. I don't care how she does that. But uh, this was released this week. Um, Reuters.com with wholesale foods, Amazon on collision course with Walmart. And and I was and I was just I scratched my head. I I walked in there and I said, Now honey, have you been watching the news? And she laughs at me. Of course I don't watch the news. And I sent this article to her. She reads it and she comes in shaking her head. She says, Well, I told you so. And I said, Yeah, but how did you know that? How did you know? But, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a serious, serious thing because Clinton already brought up that they're planning on – oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to tell you what my wife said, okay? This is what my wife thinks is going to happen. The only problems you have at the grocery store, at the gas station, is employees, Okay? In both places, the only employees you have trouble with is the cashiers. You have to trust them with the cash. So this is what my wife sees coming, and she thinks that right around the corner, you won't go to the grocery store to go shop. You will call them. You'll call your local grocery store, tell them the list. They'll probably have a menu at your house, and you'll say item 34, I want 25 of item 94. And then after work, you just swing by the front door. They will have the front part parceled out, and they'll have your order ready, and you just you pick it up and 
the only interaction you have with the employee is, is is you tell them your your number, and that's already been paid for online. The employees don't even care how much this order was. They don't have anything to do with the money. That's all done from corporate, right? On top of this, all these stores, of course, one of the main managers that everybody hates to be – I should know this. I've been in management. Everybody does not want to be the front-end manager. Do you know what a front-end manager is? You need to go to Target or Walmart or whoever and ask them, what's the front – the cashiers? There's a reason why that is a particular management because that's where all the trouble is. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have this on the front to lose a massive amount of jobs. And then you have the POTUS coming out, and, and oh my god, you don't realize this was planned, that they were – oh, ladies and gentlemen, you're so gullible. Of course they had always planned to do this. I guarantee you that look, – look, it was me. Now, I'm not lying. You can go back two or three months ago, and I told you about the solar panel companies that were in trouble. That come out of my own mouth. Look, financiers know one thing. You want to get these companies when they're down, and then if you can pass laws… Oh my gosh, you don't see it coming, do you? Look… Please go back a few months. Most of you probably remember me telling you about companies that were in major trouble. All you have to do is come up with a plan. Well, how can we buy these and then implement laws that we can make a great big bunch of money of it? So uh, this stock uh, for this uh, Solaris or whatever it was, right now the stock's only $2, but if we pass this law and every – you know, house in, let's say, Washington, D.C., every house, they just can't have a normal roof. They also have to have solar panels on the roof. Let's pass a law like that. And see, everybody's happy, right? No, everybody's fools. They're fools. Ladies and gentlemen, of course they were old. You should have knew what was coming the minute that I – brought that out about these solar panels, you can go back and look it up. I mean, you can ask Clinton and Brian about it. I'm sure both of them remember me bringing this up because, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't let the words that comes out of my mouth fall to the ground because I fear God. So, you know, when I start talking about solar panels or whatever I'm talking I'm talking about – it's not because I'm a financial expert, but well, yes, Clinton was very correct. Once this hits the medical industry, the major employers in most counties will take the biggest hit, and if you don't believe me, start looking into it. Start looking into it. You're not going to like it. Now, this week we've had more consternation uh, between us and the One Belt, One Road, the New Silk Road. This has come out in the New York Times. 
This week, the U.S. accused a Chinese company of laundering money for North Korea. This ain't no joke. This week, if you did news scans for uh, babies, it wasn't funny. This article comes out. This is a headline. Thousands protest in JLAM over disappeared Yemenite children. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who the Yemenites are. Brian has went to great, great lengths, went through thousands of hours to bring to your attention about Yemen. And everybody's upset and was protesting on June 21st, this week, thousands in the streets. About three hours after that, in J-Post, it comes out the U.S. doctors accused of paying for organ research of murdered Israeli kids. Oh, my God, but they were Yemenite Jews, ladies and gentlemen. They, Oh, my God. All of you that's listened to us, been our faithful listeners since, you know, 2010, you know where you heard about the Yemenite extraction of the Jews. Now, now, now let me just read. <laughs> this is just unreal. An American fund connected to the U.S. National Institutes of Health paid for studies of Yemenite children who died due to rampant medical negligence in the 1950s. Protocols of interviews with doctors then involved revealed to the Knesset on Wednesday. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this stuff was reviewed by the Knesset. Oh, my God. The interviews were conducted under oath for State Commission of Inquiry headed by late Supreme Court Justice Yaakov Kademi and initiated in 1995 by then-Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. The commission investigated the mysterious disappearance of hundreds of Jewish infants, most of whom were born to Jews from Yemen who immigrated to Israel in Operation Magic Carpet from 48 to 54. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't care how patriotic you are. I don't care if you've had gold dust on you or not. I assure you, the Lord is going to have his way with you. That, ladies and gentlemen, you can take to the bank. So you know. If you don't know anything about financials, uh, you might want to contact somebody, maybe maybe Clinton or, of course, Tomeskin will be able to explain to you why this is not supposed to happen. But this is the headlines and barons <clears throat> this week. That's not supposed to happen. Dow gains 144 points as financials and tech rally. That's not supposed to happen. Supposed to be one or the other, ladies and gentlemen. 
Okay. The S&P 500 rose 0.8% to 2453.46 today, new record high, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average advanced 144.71 points, or 0.7% to 21528.99, also a record. The NASDAQ Composite gained 1.4 to 6239.1, the gained since November 17. That catch your attention? Yeah, that must be a misprint, huh? Because it's not November yet. That's beside the point. You need to understand that the market is supposed to act like a seesaw. It should advance the financials, tech, or the industry. It's everybody knows this. Either the Industrial side goes up, or the financials and tech on the other side. It's like a seesaw. Everybody knows this. They can't both go up at the same time. They're not supposed to. There's a mathematical reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the break, of course, and I shall not tarry for us to continue our edification into the parallel apocalypse. Tonight is the third portion, Isaiah chapters 30 through 32. I suggest you take it to heart, as my dad used to say. You know, ladies and gentlemen, well, you know what? I'll just go ahead and play the break because everything I had considered on saying… It's already came out of God's mouth, and I think he said it a whole lot better than I did anyway. So I might as well just sit down and shut up and enjoy it myself. Chapter 30 Woe to the rebellious children, said the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down into Egypt, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. For his princes were at Zoan and his ambassadors came to Hanes. They were all ashamed of a people that could not profit them nor be in help nor profit but a shame and also a reproach. The burden of the beasts of the south into the land of trouble and anguish, from whence come the young and old lion, the viper and fiery flying serpent. They will carry their riches upon the shoulders of young asses and their treasures upon the bunches of camels, to a people that shall not profit them. For the Egyptians shall help in vain and to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this, their strength is to sit still. Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, Thus saith the Holy One of Israel, 
because ye despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. And he shall break it, as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it assured to take fire from the hearth, or to take water withal out of the pit. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And ye would not, but ye said, No, for we will flee upon horses. Therefore shall ye flee, and we will ride upon the swift, Therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. One thousand shall flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five shall ye flee, till ye be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain, and as an ensign on a an hill. And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem, Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left, Ye shall defile also the covering of thy graven images of silver and the ornament of thy molten images of gold. Thou shalt cast them away as a menstruous cloth. Thou shalt say unto it, Get thee hence. Then shall he give the rain of thy seed, that thou shalt sow the ground withal, and bread of the increase of the earth, and it shall be fat and plenteous. In that day shall thy cattle feed in large pastures, the oxen likewise and the young asses that ear the ground shall eat clean provender which hath been winnowed with the shovel and with the fan. And there shall be upon every high mountain and upon every high hill rivers and streams of waters in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days in the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. Behold, the name of the Lord cometh from far, burning with his anger, and the burden thereof is heavy. His lips are full of indignation, and his tongue as a devouring fire, and his breath as an overflowing stream shall reach to the midst of the neck to sift the nations with the sieve of vanity. And there shall be a bridle in the jaws of the people, causing them to err. Ye shall have a song, as in the night when a holy solemnity is kept, and gladness of heart, as when one goeth with a pipe to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and shall show the lighting down of his arm, with the indignation of his anger, and with the flame of a devouring fire, with scattering and tempest and hailstones. For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian be beaten down, which smote with a rod. And in every place where the grounded staff shall pass, which the Lord shall lay upon him, it shall be with tablets and harps. And in battles of shaking will he fight with it. For Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared. 
he hath made it deep and large. The bile thereof is fire and much wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. Chapter 31 Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help, and stay on horses, and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise, and will bring evil, and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers, and against the help of them that work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men, and not God, and their horses flesh, and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helpeth shall fall, and he that is hoping shall fall down, and they all shall fail together. For thus hath the Lord spoken unto me, like as the lion and the young lion roaring on his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor abase himself for the noise of them. So shall the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion and for the hill thereof. As birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending also, he will deliver it, and passing over, he will preserve it. Turn ye unto him from whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. For in that day every man shall cast away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which your own hands have made unto you for a sin. Then shall the Assyrian fall with the sword, not of a mighty man, and the sword, not of a mean man, shall devour him. But he shall flee from the sword, and his young men shall be discomfited. And he shall pass over to his stronghold for fear, and his princes shall be afraid of the ensign, saith the Lord, whose fire is in Zion, and his furnace in Jerusalem. Chapter 32 Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness, and princes shall rule in judgment. And a man shall be as an hiding place from the wind, and a cover from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And the eyes of them that see shall not be dim, and the ears of them that hear shall hearken. The heart also of the rash shall understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerers shall be ready to speak plainly. The vile person shall be no more called liberal, nor the churl said to be bountiful. For the vile person will speak villainy, and his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy, and to utter error against the Lord, to make empty the soul of the hungry, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. The instruments also of the churl are evil. He deviseth wicked devices to destroy the poor with lying words, even when the needy speaketh right. But the liberal deviseth liberal things, and by liberal things shall he stand. Rise up, ye women that are at ease. Hear my voice, ye careless daughters. Give ear unto my speech. Many days and years shall ye be troubled, ye careless women. For the vintage shall fail, the gathering shall not come. Tremble, ye women that are at ease. Be troubled, ye careless ones. Strip you, and make you bare, and gird sackcloth upon your loins. They shall lament for the teats, for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. Upon the land of my people shall come up thorns and briars, yea, upon all the houses of joy in the joyous city, because the palaces shall be forsaken, the multitude of the city shall be left, the forts and towers shall be for dens forever, a joy of wild asses, a pasture of flocks, 
till the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, and in sure dwelling, and in quiet resting places. And it shall hail coming down on the forest, and the city shall be low in a low place. Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters, that send forth thither the feet of the ox and the ass. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. I do hope you enjoyed uh, that last portion there of the Parallel Apocalypse, chapter Isaiah 32. You'll take note that, ladies and gentlemen, that verses 15 through 20 is, of course, detailing to you what's going to happen in the 1,260-day-long 42 months. That lasts for times, time and a half time. Good stuff. However, just take note. It's going to be uh, hell on earth outside that wilderness there in verse 15. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get Brian into the saddle. It is time for his news diatribe. I assure you he is good and fired up. Just from the break, I think I got 15 messages. He told me to watch a documentary clip, and then he kept harassing me with more messages so I couldn't watch it. (laughs) So, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. You're nervous. And you're only going to need to watch a few seconds in there, so you'll hear everything you need to hear. And folks, oh, my gosh. Keep going there, Matthew. Yeah. It's just like when the clouds are real dark and you're nervous. You know, because it's been hot all day. The wind starts to blow before the rain, so you cross your arms because you've got on a short sleeve T-shirt. It's just natural for when that first drop hits. You always rub it in like anointing oil, don't you? Knowing full well that you're going to get exactly what you've got coming. Brian, saddle up. Well, as a sort of precursor, folks, if you did not listen to the program we did on Jeremiah 32 last night, I would highly advise it because some of the late and breaking events that we spoke about in there last night are going to begin to come into stark clarity. Now, I want to touch on a few little topics here. You know, there there were some uh, economic ramifications that were brought up in the midst of this. And I don't know how to lightly say this, but this, um, this entire uh, great big Russian scandal, this whole scheme... Um, going on here in the United States, pointing out all these corrupt politicians. Well, for one, corrupt and politicians, that's not really something you um, 
slip apart. Because if you don't believe me, folks, start going in and looking at all their uh, documentation as far as their financial earnings that they have to put forth every year. You know, I, I found it um, rather, well, into using their terms because this has all been intentional, folks. If you watched that Get Roger Stone documentary, as I suggested, you would realize they purposely planted this uh, infamous um, make-believe Russian scandal on purpose so they could go behind the scenes and do all this underhanded garbage that they've been doing. They've been doing nonstop and everybody looks around when all of a sudden they realize it and they go, well, how did this happen? It's because everybody's focusing on a make-believe scandal. And why do I say make-believe? For one, you need to look into what was actually turned up, which is the biggest threat concerning those um, elect the election machines and its hacking. Because the big story is the fact that actually that those um, machines are left open to manipulation. Did Russia influence the election? Give me a break. Let's look at facts here, folks. First off, for one, we already know according to the popular vote that actually the other candidate won, but that's irrelevant. We also know how the uh, right wing rallied, as they did, behind a bunch of corrupt white supremacists, um, a lot of money in their pockets, scumbags. And that's a fact. They are nationalists. This is common knowledge. Okay, there's no escaping this. And if you look once again, like I said, look at their financial reports. Then the big scandal that they keep repeating over and over again is we found multiple attacks on the machines, etc., across the board. Which gets to the stage where you just got to scratch your head going, come on, folks, wake up. The Electoral College did not vote for the people that they were supposed to. Okay, the election was overthrown by our own governing body. And if you don't believe me, you need to start looking into multiple elections here, folks, because this has been happening nonstop. So if you've actually put your mind in a place where you think your vote has mattered at all for quite some time here, you might want to wake up. Because you can watch each election and every scandal that's broken out stretching quite some ways back and watch how it was stolen repeatedly. So did we need to have Russian collusion to do these things? This is getting ridiculous, folks. And if you're focusing on the entertainment barrage that they've intentionally created for you, well, you're going to spin in circles and you're going to stay as blind as a bat. But at least a bat can um, guide itself around through the little sonar built in. So it's, it's gotten ridiculous. It has gotten absolutely ridiculous. We've had one of the infamous figures that has been brought up time and time and time again here, which is Michael Flynn. Earlier in this week, it was revealed that he had been using what they referred to as Israeli intelligence uh, software to infiltrate varied um, people that were standing against the uh, corrupt governing body there in Mexico. And lo and behold, his financial reports, obviously, which they are required to release, folks, you might want to go out there and get a hold of them and take a look. 
Because I warned quite some time back, everybody, you need to understand what Flynn has actually been up to. He has been playing the role of a privately contracted intelligence operative. And his entire financial records proves beyond any shadow of a doubt what I am saying is true. He owned Flynn Intel Intelligence Group. Um, every single bit of it all across the way is nothing but intelligence operatives and operations that are privately contracted, therefore putting him outside of the boundaries of law. So now what's the real scandal here? Okay, everybody remember what happened last year in Turkey when um, Gulen, who, mind you, is being sheltered here um, uh, in a state that's um, pretty much all government run over on the top of it, on that nice little area, you know, that whole coastal area where D.C. and then you go into the other states around there. He's sitting here in the United States, people, for Pete's sakes. Okay, that coup had its purpose. The thing is, is we know beyond any shadow of a doubt because of what happened in Turkey, the reports on the ground stated flat out. Erdogan out of his own mouth said they had me dead to rights. They could have put a bullet in my skull, but they walked away. Okay, as much as that coup may have had its intended purpose, what was the real purpose? Okay, it's not a stretch of the imagination to see the fact that that coup actually was used to solidify Erdogan's power to bring about this new neo-Ottoman empire. And that's exactly what it did. Okay, we can see what happened, all the ramifications thereafter. But everybody has been ignoring Flynn's role with Turkey. They've ignored the fact that he has been laundering money through Cyprus. Folks, it's time for a bigger history lesson. You need to go back and start looking at the details of what Britain and America was doing from going out of World War I, what they did with the House of Saud by putting them in power, by the way, and bringing this radical form of this Wahhabi doctrine from the 1800s in with it, how they were using them as oil proxies to bring oil in to Germany, we had the I.B. Farben, a lot of this stuff most of these people know about. Fact remains, this is all historical fact, folks. The leader of the CIA himself, the founding member, was pulling some of the most corrupt stunts, propping up Nazi Germany. The same thing was going on with Britain. It had everything to do with money. And how did they money launder then? Well, they had the Swiss banks right into effect um, laws where they could basically have safe haven for the money. Everybody knows about Swiss banks. Okay, so we wrap it around to what's going on here in Mexico. Okay, look. What did I just state about this uh, news release this week? Flynn was doing stuff to undermine anybody going against this puppet regime that has been set up there in Mexico. All right, everybody, you need to look at all of the declassified documentation about what has been done to South America on a continual basis by the CIA. But mind you, you might want to go back in history and look at the fact that they've been doing it ever since the uh, late 1700s into the early 1800s. They have been constantly causing turmoil in South America 
through the United States for financial gain. You know, they got the old premise of follow the money and you'll see what's happening. Folks, the sad part is in this, when you really begin to analyze it, there's truth to that. But most of your conspiracy theorists out there, they have run around and absolutely confused you and made up a bunch of nonsense. Instead of going with the facts, I mean, everybody is aware of the infamous whole zeitgeist movement when they pulled all that garbage and blamed everything on um, the Zionists and the Jews when that doesn't line up with reality whatsoever. Not according to the real historical documentation, not in the slightest. Because what has been done here since as far back as when they did the uh, Balfour Declaration, which obviously the Zionist movement got started in 1897. Luckily, we finally got a hold of that date. Then obviously moved forward to when it was signed in 1917. Okay, but they put a little nice wording in there so that they could, well... They had no intent on giving Israel that land at all back. They said a Jewish state as opposed to putting in the wording of the. And then what they did proceeding all the way through after that point was do everything in their power to try to stop this from even coming to pass. And if you look at the beginning phases in 1948, through the historical documentation alone, Take note of the fact that Israel had to kick Britain out. That was one of the first key things I had to do. Then, of course, all the wars that started going on in the midst of this. Everybody, when you sit down and you begin to look at all this history, especially, you know, there's a nice little set of documentaries I'm going to definitely recommend that was made some time back. And this was when Goodall Reporting actually reported from both sides so that you've got the full story. They didn't just give one vantage point of our story only. You see, this is when reporting was honest. And this one is a n- named the uh, 50 year, Years War Israel. And you can actually, believe it or not, find this on YouTube. It is actually made some time back. And I have to say, hands down, it is probably one of the best documentaries I've seen on this topic. The more you watch it, you're going to start to realize some very important things. Now, it was brought up earlier as far as, well, what is Russia standing as far as Israel? See, this is a tricky topic because I would have to agree there's some really strange things happening here. But everybody, you got to remember when they stood up within the UN meetings and delegations and basically fought tooth and nail to declare Israel as a nation... Russia was the only one that stood up and recognized it. Their very first war in 1948, the only one that even gave them weapons, was Russia. Can I jump in here for a second, Brian? Go ahead. I was going to jump in whenever Clinton was talking about this, but this can't wait no more. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to wake up. Clinton made reference to the simple fact that some countries, of course, were Russian allies, like Iran. Do you know why? Do you know why? 
because Russia does not support terrorism. That's why they always supported the Assad government, because they learned all their lessons from the Bolsheviks. They don't want nothing to do with that. So Russia, to the point, always support whoever's elected because they know what the consequences are from their grandmothers being exterminated, their grandpas, their great-grandpas. They know all about the Bolsheviks. The Bolsheviks go by different names. Hezbollah, okay? ISIS. Do you get the drift? Now, just so you know, <laughs> we're the only ones that support the terrorist. Brian, sorry for that interruption, but that's twice it's came up. First Clinton did it, now you've did it. So everybody needs to realize why the Russians always do that. They support whoever's elected because they know full well that if they don't, many, 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 many innocent people are going to die. Well, and I think it's important to bring up that little side note here, especially. Now, it has come to light that during the regime that's fighting against Assad, for instance, here, that the uh, Free Syrian Army at one stage, because they were getting no American support whatsoever, they're giving them, you know, a little bit of food and all that, but... Nonetheless, as things progressed, obviously, they began supporting all sorts of uh, what they referred to as moderate rebels to take down the Assad regime. But it was noticed that this Free Syrian Army, who America was propping up, lo and behold, all of a sudden, films started turning up where they were talking to ISIS leaders and fighting with them. Now, if you take note of all the congressional hearings that were going on at this point in time, where everybody in America is going, well, we need to take care of ISIS, we need to take care of ISIS, but the congressional meetings, they're slamming down on all these different generals, all the different military people, and said, we're fighting the Assad regime. That's our key goal. Okay, folks, via proxy, this begins to cause a very large problem. Now, I need to ask another crucial question, everybody. We reported on this before the battle for Mosul started with Operation Inherent Resolve, which is also now working in Syria as well. They've gone to liberating Mosul to on top of it, Syria. Why in Iraq is Inherent Resolve working with the Shia-aligned Iranians or just the Shia aligned. We don't even have to put Iranian on them. Because Shiites and Sunnis, this is a theological divide, essentially. If you break it down in terminology, we can understand. Why is America working with the Shiites inside of Iraq? And, of course, with the Kurdish people, which that's been documented like nobody's business. But how is it suddenly okay to work with them in Iraq and yet turn around and launch an entire campaign? across the board by arming the Gulf nations who have been the ones that have been behind this whole mess in the first place. I mean, really, folks, go out there and look at your facts. 
Syria. Does everybody understand what actually happened there? Why it turns out that Obama decided that that red line being crossed and didn't take any action? I kept a close eye on it when it happened. I watched the investigations that were going on during the chemical, the well, as they like to say, alleged chemical attack by Assad. But this was the thing. Out of the worst mouth of a CIA operative, that attack was not committed by Assad. Those chemical weapons came in through Turkey and were put into the hands of the rebels. The chemical weapons that were in Assad's possession there in Syria had already been destroyed on an American naval vessel. Now, now, now wait a minute. Now we have a whole other problem. Well, now wait a minute, because not Turkey. You need to put that in a different light, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't mean Turkey. He meant NATO. Oh, now everything comes to light. <clears throat> Thank you. Let us remember. Let us remember that Russia had normal relationship with the Syrian government. So NATO, NATO, used their ally in the deep state to do that attack. Just, just so you know. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. Well, I agree with you. That had to be stopped and pointed out because that's the case. Folks, is everybody aware of what started Cold War 2.0? NATO illegally bombed, and you better take note of this because I only found out about this last night. I knew it was Belgrade, but I didn't know it was the Chinese embassy in Belgrade in Serbia. That's what reignited tensions between Russia and the West. A Western-backed neo-Nazi coalition overthrew the Ukraine. Okay, we have reports to back this up from investigators that were literally on the ground. From BBC, as a matter of fact. Because their journalists being there on the ground, seeing what they saw, they're like, ah... We need to get to the bottom of this. And folks, I would give a strong piece of advice. Stop getting your news from people that haven't been there and seen what's actually happening. Because you're going to find well, out that the eyewitness testimony is far different. Well, I, NATO's known for, you know, mugging people. I mean... North Korea just uh, just accused us this week, straight from Reuters, that uh, uh, North Korea accuses U.S. authorities on Sunday of mugging its diplomats at John F. Kennedy Airport in New York. Which when has that happened before? Well, NATO, NATO did that at our capital, right? Well, yeah, it was it was the deep state. I, I'm I mean Turkey. Sorry. It was Turkey's officials that started mugging people, right, Brian? Well, that's NATO. So whenever the North Korean uh, diplomats landed at JFK uh, Airport in New York, <laughs> we mugged them. That's what NATO does. 
Sorry about that. Just 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 a gentle reminder because that did happen this week. Sorry, Bri. Well, yeah. I won't do that again. Yeah, and I promise. We put folks. We've had CIA in there, there on the ground, and everybody runs around thinking that he's lying. Uh, you know the the goofball in North Korea who. Literally, when you look at it, well, he's trying to protect the sovereignty of his nation so that they don't become a puppet-ruled nation, which at this stage of the game, when you begin to look at things from other people's perspective besides just the West, and you actually listen to what they're saying, you know, you kind of get to the conclusion where you can see where they're coming from, and it gets bothersome after a while, because that is the same reasoning with North Korea, but they started funneling these false stories about the fact that Iran has been giving the nuclear know-how to North Korea when everybody knows this is fact. This Pakistani nuclear scientist was the one that was out wheeling and dealing and handing stuff over to everybody. And the West knew about it the entire time, and they did absolutely nothing whatsoever to stop it. Not one thing. And look, folks... If they want somebody dealt with and taken care of, I wasn't born yesterday because you can watch the trail of different leaders that have been toppled by an assassin in a split second nonstop. America was backing Pakistan at that time when you had the Mujahideen fighting against Russia when Russia came in in 1979. Okay, they were funneling things through Pakistan. But this is where we need to go into the big history lesson, folks, because this is where things are going to start to unravel. So like I said, this little, um, you know how you usually see these different detectives and so forth, they got their string board where they're connecting all the dots. First off, 78 and 79, we had the Iranian Revolution. Secondly, in 1979, through the Grand chessboard strategist, Brzezinski, who was a Polish man, by the way, who had fled from communist Russia. His father did, actually. And then he came out with an intense hatred for Russia all those years because of it. Now, his grand chessboard strategy, along with other tactics, are still pretty much the top State Department and foundational tactics that are used all throughout the world to this very day. What they did there was they started spreading all kinds of little bits of, you know, bits and pieces of propaganda disinformation to goad Russia to come across that line and invade Afghanistan. What happened? Well, they took the bait and they came in. By a proxy, then what happened? Well, we've talked about this many times. Then the Afghanistan forces started fighting against them, the Mujahideen who went on to later be warlords, but never mind the fact of what it caused in its wake, which was the Taliban. And then we come forward to Mr. Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. But this is where the rewind button's got to go into effect, because this is where you begin to connect a lot of very disturbing dots of things that seem to happen all within the same window. Now, when we had the uh, Yom Kippur war breakout. Now, yes, Russia has been tied in with some of these groups that have been involved with the wars with Israel. Because we had Egypt, essentially with Amar Sadat. Obviously, they came in through the Sinai and started attacking. Then we had Syrian, 
Syria, they came down through the Golan Heights. Jordan had already been caught in too many wars by a proxy and just was to the point where, like, we're not having nothing to do with you crazy people. Of course, we also had Arafat and his place and his role in all this stuff. But, yes, we did have Russian involvement with Egypt. We did have Russian involvement with the other side of the equation coming down on top of them from the north. So, yes, that was during communist Russia. They're no longer communist Russia anymore, though. Nonetheless, as things progressed, now, for instance, Mr. Almar Sadat, at the beginning of uh, him coming to power after the last president over Egypt had died because, oh, trust me, he caused all kinds of chaos against Israel on a nonstop basis prior to his death. Just go back through the history books or just watch that documentary like I brought up. You'll be very well educated by the time you get done. Nonetheless, when Sadat was basically getting ready to be moved into the next president, well, I guess he had heat stroke or so the story goes, and he had one of his soldiers kind of slip behind the scenes and grabbed the only American delegate that was there because obviously Egypt hated America and Soviet backing. So, of course, once again, well, we all know how this kind of thing goes. Had that soldier sneak through, the KGB guy that was there couldn't even keep an eye on him. And he sneaks this uh, soldier, has him sneak this American delegate downstairs to Amar Sadat. Sadat says, look, I'm tired of this fighting. I want to make peace with Israel, but I need you guys' help. So as things progress and move forward and move forward, well, of course, Mr. Henry Kissinger comes into the equation again. So Kissinger essentially tells him, well, you know, you need to understand that we only have a problem. We can't really do nothing. We're not getting involved in this. But hey, if we have a crisis, then we can do something. So Sadat took the bait. One event led to another, to another, to another. You see, when Egypt was going to go in, they were only going to take one corner of moving up so far to the Sinai just to initiate things to hopefully have that crisis situation where America gets involved. But things didn't work out that way because obviously Assad's father at this stage was also brought into the mix. Um, You had Sadat sitting there talking with him back and forth. Kissinger just magically was in the mix with Syria as well. He's doing what he does. He just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Now, the thing being here is everybody, for one, take note of in your mind that the execution of Amar Sadat was the very key element when the Egyptian Brotherhood assassinated him. That was the complete trail that led to everything afterwards with radical, um, well, the Islamist movement, as they call it, and... As we trigger things all the way down the line, of course, you know, Bin Laden comes in, the Al-Qaeda comes about, never mind the fact that Pakistan was hiding um, Bin Laden the entire time, and American intelligence knew this. 
for ages, but I guess that's all irrelevant now. The point being here, Kissinger sat down on top of it with Assad. And he told him, look, Sadat's about to solidify an agreement with Israel. Assad felt betrayed because he was trying to bring about the solidification of the entire Arabic world together in a sort of, I guess, caliphate of his own is the best way to explain it. And he was obviously pretty depressed for quite some time and went back. Now, look, um, Assad's father did a lot of corrupt stuff. It didn't change too much when his son came along. Oh, yes, they've done all kinds of not nice things. I mean, there's no escaping that. But the thing was, is Kissinger understood for him to have his concept of a new world order, which everybody thinks it's a whole international Blah, blah, blah. Let me break down the reality of it, because the more you look at this over the years, you begin to realize that their idea of a new world order is America ruling everything. It's far different than we always thought it was. Kissinger basically lays on the line, tells him, look, that's the way things are going to be, buddy. Lo and behold, all of a sudden, Sadat gets executed. Here's where things become far worse. As I brought up Brzezinski. Now, you'll find in this uh, part four here, the 50-year war, Israel and the Arabs. Uh, part four, like I said, peacemaking. At about the 40-minute, 25-second mark. I believe that's where it's still at. Yes. The Israeli Prime Minister Begin comes in. Let me finish this part first. The Israeli Prime Minister comes in. Brzezinski walks up to him and says, let's play chess. Now, Begin made a very interesting statement. He looked at him and said no. He was rather in shock. He said the last time I played chess was when Stalin's secret police, the NKVD, broke into his hiding place to arrest him. A few seconds later, his wife comes by and is looking around, and he's, she's like, oh, he loves to play chess. He loves playing it all the time. Folks, Begin knew full well with what Brzezinski was trying to pull that they had just betrayed Israel. And that's why he stated what he said. And the evidence gets far worse. But I'm going to let Clinton and Matthew come in here for a moment to comment because there's still other very important details that I've got to finish here to make this make sense. Well, I've already jumped in here a couple of times. Uh, Clinton, what's your your thoughts on what's been said so far, buddy? Um, you know, we don't want to leave uh, this live without your comments and your opinions on what Brian's talked about so far. Well, I think it's fascinating. Uh, the uh, behind the scenes uh, with Sadat and uh, Assad, 
Um, I actually personally didn't know that aspect of it. Um, I definitely knew uh, what Assad um, or what uh, Sadat uh, meant and what he tried to accomplish in the Middle East and why he was ultimately assassinated for what he did. Um, but this is actually fascinating, Brian. So, you know, I mean, uh, please continue. Oh, I would definitely agree with you on it being fascinating. I mean, I've, I've been learning a lot of history here at lightning speed, but I guess I have my old uh, techniques where I've been able to figure out things in ancient history by doing this dot connecting. And when I start applying it to modern history, which is documented through film clips and politicians and things coming out of everybody's mouths, well, you're still digging through a very vast plethora of confusing things at times, but... The more you begin to look, the more you see the same patterns. Things become inescapable. But it's as I stated, when Biden sat down, and Brzezinski did this to him. Now, I mean, his tactical manual, you can buy that. You can buy it in hard copy. You can buy it in ebook for his grand chessboard strategy. Begin knew what happened. He realized it right then and there, and he just looked at him, and he's like, unbelievable. And since he played chess all the time, he was telling him flat out, he's like, the last time I played was in September of 1940, when Stalin's secret police, the NKVD, broke into his hiding place to arrest him. Now, considering what his wife said that he played chess all the time, he gave a clear message to Brzezinski that he was on to him. And when you consider on top of it what happened there with Amar Sadat and how he was executed, but you take in and you factor into the equation that all of these people that you can see there that were arrested for being for the ones that perpetrated shooting Sadat, but magically, somehow, they were all in the United States with massively high security clearance. This is exactly out of the mouth of the investigator from the FBI that already began putting all these dots together far before they started going after bin Laden. Because he's looking around and he's going, what are these guys all doing here? Then he tries to figure out who put him here. And he's going, this security clearance is so high, I can't even touch it. You realize on top of it, like I brought up before, Pakistan into Afghanistan through the House of Saud, all the Sunni-aligned folks on top of it. You know, they're funneling all this stuff in, fighting against Russia. That ends in 1989 as the Soviet Union implodes from the inside out. And... Obviously, then Taliban comes into the equation, but then again, okay, folks. These people love money. They love their power. And we keep seeing these same ridiculous patterns happening on a nonstop basis here, on a continual basis here. And this is where things start wrapping around to Iran. The very same time when Brzezinski pulled his checkmate attempt on Israel. There were also 
wheeling and dealing behind the scenes with the current Shah in Iran, Pahlavi, Britain, and America realized they were losing hold already on their oil interests there. There was a lot more going on behind the scenes at that point in time because you had the Iranian Revolution breaking out in 78, 79 as well. You had the Camp David Accords taking place during the same time frame. Brzezinski was out speaking with the different sides within the Iranian Revolution. Kissinger was involved. The same group of characters all the way across the board. And I've been asking serious questions here. I've been looking at everything that's going on with Iran. Now, look, we know that Hezbollah is associated with Iran. We know about Quds Force. Okay, we're not denying that they're not. They don't have Israel as one of their big target points. That's really not up for debate at this stage. At the same time, though, I need confirmation from both sources. I need to be checking both sides of the equation to see if it's coming from that side and compare it with what's coming from the other side. Because if we're not having this, we're not going to see the reality of things that are happening here. This Iranian nuclear program, the deeper I keep looking into it, the deeper I keep looking into it, it is a wall of absolute chaos and insanity. And you begin to realize something's not right here. Because for one, when you get the Western-backed reports on it, they never mention the fact that through the Shah, they approved through the Non-Proliferation Act that they were basically helping them build um, nuclear-powered energy systems, basically. Because this was full well-known. They had stuck billions of dollars into this. All of a sudden, lo and behold, a little bit down the line, they're like, nope, you can't have that even though you spent all that money. Iran is collapsing on the inside from economic repercussions. They can't even keep energy going. And why was that? Because, well, they've got oil there. And American and Britain interests, of course, they want that oil. So now there's things that just don't make sense as far as Iran and having nuclear weapons. I can't give a solid answer. But the fact is, is all the evidence is pointing at something being very wrong. Especially when we know that Brzezinski was also out on top of it. France had the Ayatollah Khomeini under... (laughs) He was living there for Pete's sakes, folks. One of the NATO nations. Something is not right. And we've got the same current situation going on here. You've got these corrupt scumbags. They only care about their money for Pete's sakes. When everybody in the, is so convinced that they actually care about Israel when they're setting them up. But there's other aspects in here. And I began to suspect I needed to start looking down another trail because everything I looked at with Iran was inconclusive. But what I did know is that we had the assassination of nuclear scientists. We had the Stuxnet virus that went out. But we only had one key figure that was really the one pushing for all this to happen. Because Obama tried to hold it back and not let it happen. 
Netanyahu went behind his back and launched the full-scale thing anyways. Now, me and Matthew talked about Jeremiah 40 and 41. That is where Netanyahu's name in the Hebrew is at. If you read the last part of Jeremiah 41, you're going to realize something. Luckily, for some strange, I watched a few more documentaries on things in Iran and just walked away because the entire thing on top of it, they threw in films that I'd already seen of things that happened in Iraq where the journalist on the ground reported what they saw with their own eyes. One of those attacks was committed by the Americans. The other one was committed by the founding member of ISIS, and they said Iran did. I'm going, what? I've already seen this footage before. We got one person in this mix that I started to have some serious questions about. Later on, after I watched a couple fiction shows just to take a break because I was sick of nonsense because that's all I was seeing was entertainment. I pulled up YouTube just to take a look around. I went to the recommended. All of a sudden, there was a Frontline documentary. It was made in 2015 about Netanyahu. All of a sudden, all my suspicions started making sense. And I don't like doing this, but the fact remains is these are the facts. When Netanyahu came to power in Israel, he flared up the right-leaning radical groups, and this was just after the Oslo Accords, because of him firing up those groups the way he did, lo and behold, Yitzhak Rabin was assassinated. You need to go back and look at his career before that because he was trained here in America, went to schooling, okay? His first political position was actually an American politician as a diplomat for Israel. Now, I'm not saying altogether that Netanyahu is a bad guy totally, but I'm saying at this point there's a lot of things that are really not adding up here. I understand and I do not disagree with the fact that if you're standing around in the Israeli shoes, okay, they are having stuff launched on them from every side. And trying to keep the people there safe is at times almost an improbable task. So I'm not saying I totally disagree with certain things, but at the same time, it's as we stated last night. And as, as it was stated in one of the documentaries that I watched earlier this week about Christian Zionism... You know, your political views, you can have them in whichever direction you want. But the very moment that you follow after those views that disregard human life and back them blindly, you see, as Christians, we are called to reach the lost. And, for instance, all these innocent civilians that are being killed all over the place even in circumstances in Israel, be it Israelis, the Arabian folks, the Palestinians, the Jordanians. We've got Turkish people in there from the Ottoman Empire, too, still, folks. Nonetheless, and these people are being hit. And yes, we even have a lot of Palestinian Christians in there, folks. But they get disrespected as well. And these political agendas are completely contrary to um, the kingdom we're actually a part of. We're part of the kingdom of God. We are not patriots. We are not nationalists. 
Okay, the kingdom of God is not aligned with their agendas. Folks, everybody needs to step back and look at all this stuff from a different direction and realize what in the heck is happening here. But Because there are things that are far surpassing wrong. We've got Jared Kushner. We've got other financial wheelers and dealers in um, Israel that are pushing funding, putting into place the Israeli settlements. Now, having Israeli settlements, you know, I can see where they're coming from. It's not that I'm a thousand percent against them by any stretch of the imagination. At the same time, there's also been spots where some people have been evicted in the Arabian end. And these are acts against international law. And when you've got Kushner in this equation doing this, when you've got Trump wheeling and deal financial means in the background, when you've got the current leader of Israel getting caught up in all kinds of financial fraud, and scandals all over the place. Folks, something is seriously not right. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm hoping I was clear on things, and I probably missed a whole lot, but hey, that's what happens. If anybody has questions, just email me at overt attention. Well, no, just email me at thebandsoftime at gmail.com, and I'll try to answer them. Passing it on to you guys. Clinton, final comments, and uh, don't forget to let everybody know where they can uh, get a hold of you at and your website. Yeah, you know, everyone, I just, uh, I want to leave you, um, you know, just kind of keep, you know, keep in mind what you're watching and, and just do the best that you can to, you know, make sure that you keep your head on straight and that we you, you pay attention to what is true. Uh, we are seeing so much information coming out, so much just being thrown at us at, at all one time that it's very difficult to keep it all in, in perspective. We, we know that Israel's our timepiece and we know that we need to pay attention to Israel. And with all these developments that are happening that, that both Matthew and Brian and myself all talked about, it's very, very, very important that we keep our eye on the ball. Now, anyone that's interested in get a hold of me, uh, you can find me on clintoncowatch.com. Uh, you can uh, look on Twitter. Um, all the news sources, uh, all the articles that we talk about are posted on Twitter as well. And, uh, you know, please listen to the Diligent Watchman uh, that you can find on my website as well or on Podbean. Thank you very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just heads up for the regular listeners to this news broadcast. Brian and I did do two special sessions. Uh, this is actually our third night in a row. So, Thursday, we did uh, the Sevenfold Sealed Scroll, Part 1, and then last night we did Part 2. Check it out if you uh, are interested in uh, some in-depth biblical study. And uh, everybody just take note that Netanyahu was never his name. They voluntarily took that name. Their original name was Milikowski, the ones from Russia. Just so you know. By the way, you need to look up Operation Magic Carpet. I posted the link there, but you need to just left-hand side there on um, Wikipedia and click on the Hebrew because it was never called, has never been called Operation Magic Carpet in Hebrew. It was always Operation Eagle's Wings. In the news this week... 
your government was taking those children. And if you think the Lord your God don't know whose hands that blood is upon, you are grossly mistaken. You are grossly mistaken. You know, the best Clinton and Brian and I can do is urge you to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I will say this in just the last few seconds. I, I really don't have time to cover it. Got some correspondence this morning as to why in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 17, Lebanon is mentioned. Well, if you want to know the answer, you, re- you want to know why that says that, you need to go study Ezekiel 17. It'll tell you what's being talked about. You might want to also take a look at Ezekiel 27, but that'll explain to you exactly what's going on there. That is in there because of the verse that is just a few verses before it. Uh, You need to understand that there, you can't put it very well into the English because, well, it's, it's difficult in English. But when it's talking about the children, you need to understand that in the Hebrew, it is ordered a certain way. Uh, God makes himself perfectly clear surrounding these events that, well, it's when the children are in his presence. Next time, ladies and gentlemen, Godspeed. God bless.